0: The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. All right, all ready. What is going on, everybody? Uh, My name is Noah Vienick, a.k.a. 77NB. You can follow me on Twitter. That's the tagline there. Um, I'm coming to you live at 5.40 a.m. Live on YouTube. Uh, The earliest I've started a show like this in quite some time, probably at least a five days. (laughs) Um, But the purpose of this show is I am just giving out my list of projected pitchers for today's games, um, but uh, also give out my favorite uh, leans and plays. And then, At the end of the weekend when all the regionals are over that's when we'll actually talk and talk about some of these games that happen so uh i won't be providing like hey like this happened in this game this happened in that game type thing there will be a regional review podcast coming out later later this week probably either monday night or tuesday uh with me colby and mac if he wants to join that so without further ado I think I just want to preference, preference that uh, just like on every show that I ever do, most of these pictures are projected by me. Um, I am doing the best available pitcher. Uh, whoever's on full rest or whoever has been in better recent form for the team is how I would start uh, my pitchers. And if I was the manager, that would be who I select to start a game. So, uh, I do a lot of it based off of that. And with that said, I, I, I think I'm forgetting something else that I wanted to say. Oh, so last night, uh, actually yesterday, not technically last night, I fell asleep and I didn't get to put in my early slate of picks on our picks page. Uh, a couple of people had hit me up. Yeah. I just collapsed and my phone was on my chest while I was making the picks and putting them on the website. So that's my fault today they should be up there hopefully I don't black out again <laughs> uh, just doing it in pure exhaustion but uh, yeah that would not be the case today uh, yesterday was just a total mistake and I apologize for that um, so let's jump into today's games because I don't you can you can view those free picks by the way college baseball picks. On Sports Gambling Podcast Network, you hit the MLB tab. It's a drop down. It says College Baseball Picks, or you can search up on Google College Baseball Picks. It's like the third link right now on there, which is pretty cool. Or you can download the SGPN app for it. It's free. Um, game number one, DraftKings has this game listed at the top, and I don't want to forget about it if I skip it. But Oregon State and LSU are not going to begin at noon. Uh, at noon, it's going to be Sam Houston and Tulane resuming their game, and Oregon State LSU will begin at 3. But like I said, if I skip it here, I'd probably forget it. So doing it first. Oregon State, I think they'll throw A.J. Lattery here. They have two pitching injuries to their starting pitchers uh, in Jacob Kamatz and Jaron Hunter, so that makes it fall down to, I think, A.J. Lattery. who is the next uh, highest amount of starts on this team right now he's 4-0 on the year with a 409 era 48 strikeouts 20 walks in 44 innings pitched with a 226 batting average against him and he has a 293 era in four may appearances Um, and for lsu ty floyd i think will get the ball he's 7-0 with a 459 era 76 strikeouts 28 walks 66.2 innings on the year. Uh, Opponents are just hitting 197 against him, and he has a three ERA in his last three appearances. Now, I think LSU is going to win this game, but the price is a little bit crazy. I forgot to name the prices here. LSU is minus 195 on the money line right now. Oregon State's plus 160. The total set at 15. My favorite look here would be the under 15 here. Um, And then minus 1.5 on LSU is minus 130. Oregon State, Plus one and a half is plus 100. Uh, I think LSU wins this game, but at minus 195, you just can't bet that. Like we've mentioned on this podcast many times. Um, Paul Skeens, sure, put it in a parlay. Even Ty Floyd, it, it sometimes, but what's behind him, you just can't put any faith in it. Um, so they're really just trying to piece together any anything they can behind uh their top two starters with their relievers and it's a it's a it's a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get so passing on the money line it's just too juicy um under 15 would be my pick here in this game uh so now I think it's going to be chronological order the rest of the way uh, via DraftKings I'm pulling all these odds up from them right now um at noon UConn against Florida. The Gators are minus 255. The Huskies are plus 205 on the money line. The total's set at 14. Florida minus two and a half is minus 125. UConn plus two and a half is minus 105. Uh, trying to go to this game on my sheet. Uh, UConn. So Sears, I projected the pitch yesterday and he did not. He's actually got mono right now. Uh, uh, thankfully, uh, commenter told me about it i I forget the name i'm sorry it was like literally the first thing i saw when i woke up yesterday at 2 30 in the afternoon uh that he had mono and i saw rogers tweet about kendall rogers tweeted about it as well so that is correct um and so he didn't pitch yesterday and neither did ian cook who i think is going to throw here today against florida Ian Cook is two and two with a five sixty seven ERA, forty seven strikeouts, twenty two walks in thirty nine point two innings. Uh, opponents are hitting two eighty four against him, and he has an eight sixty three ERA in his last three appearances. And for Florida, Hurston Waldrop has to go here. Uh, he his normal turn in the rotation would have been two days ago on Friday, but they pitched Jack Caglione in what was basically a they were throwing off there in selecting Cags, but. Kaggs is still quality pitcher, uh, so Waldrop falls to game three of the weekend. But he's seven and three on the year, four eighty three ERA, one hundred seventeen strikeouts, forty four walks in seventy eight point one innings. Opponents are just hitting two thirty one against him, and he has a three eighty eight ERA in his last two appearances. So in this game, Florida is a parlay piece that I like. It's my favorite parlay piece of the day. Uh, Just because Cook, he has not been in great form as of late in Big East play, 863 ERA in his last three appearances. So I would like the minus two and a half here too. So putting Florida in a parlay, minus two and a half would be the play if you don't uh, parlay the Gators here. Um, This episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet that you like or even create an awesome middle or hedge. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Edge Boost is your go-to. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com/edge. You must be 21 years old or older to use this. Problem gambling? Call one eight hundred Gambler. All right, jumping back into the games here. Also at noon. Charlotte against Clemson. Clemson was just in a thriller 14 innings last night against Tennessee. Does that affect them? I don't think so. Um, Let's get into the pitching here. Ethan Darden, I project the start. I did listen to the post-game press conference uh, with Backich and Riley Bertram just because I wanted to hear more about the Cam Canarella thing, and I did get my answer, and I'm going to be posting a clip about that on social media. Uh, Just clipping that out of the post-game press conference. Um, But, yeah, he said that Ethan Darden's probably going to be the option. However, they are thinking about saving him for a rematch with Tennessee. And if they do that, I have no idea who they're going to throw. And it wouldn't be a great option. And Darden, in his own right, isn't a good option either. Darden is 3-2. He's a freshman with a 5.56 ERA on the year, 45 strikeouts, 23 walks, and 55.1 innings pitched, 270 batting average against him. He has a 7.74 ERA in his last five appearances, and he faced Charlotte on February 21st, gave up three runs, two earned runs in 2.1 innings with only one strikeout, and he hit a batter in that outing. Uh, Charlotte, I think, could throw Cameron Hansen here. He's three and one with a 4.54 ERA, 64 strikeouts, 25 walks in 71.1 innings. Opponents are hitting 226 against him. He has an 8.45 ERA in his last six appearances and a 16.98 ERA if you narrow it down to his last three appearances. So neither of these pitchers are in really good form as of late, and Darden really hasn't been one of my favorite backs this season. So. Um, For me, neither pitcher is in good form, and the over 13 is very live here. I like that play a lot. Um, I don't think Clemson's going to lose. I I said that at kind of the beginning of this game. Uh, I I think a lot of people might think, hey, they were out playing uh, a lot last night. They played 14 innings. They may burn some pitching, which, yes, that's the case. They're not a very deep pitching team. That's one reason why I was pretty nervous about them this season. I I took them – to go to omaha because they reminded me of last year's texas a&m where they just didn't have the pitching depth at all but they just got the job done at the plate with the brand new head coach i liked the story and back itches my guy so i had to take him to get to omaha but i was really skeptical about this team i did not place a future on them even though their price has been good all season long i think they win the game however i think it might be closer than it should be um And I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored, so give me that over. Uh, The next game on our slate is Oklahoma and East Carolina, a rematch from Friday. ECU is minus 145, OU plus 115, total set at 14.5. And the minus 1.5 on ECU is plus 105. The plus 1.5 on Oklahoma is minus 135. Starting for Oklahoma, I think could be James Hitt. He's six and one with a 4.50 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 22 walks in 66 innings, with a 264 batting average against him. He's got a 5.29 ERA in the month of May. And for East Carolina, I think it could be Josh Groves. He's been their number two starting pitcher all season long. Uh, for some reason, they didn't go with him yesterday. They went with Garrett Saylor against Virginia. Um, but it could be that Groves isn't in great recent fo- or great form recently he's got a 573 ERA in his last three appearances. I'm not taking too much out of that. It's a narrow uh, sample size, not a lot of pitching uh, not a lot of innings pitched during that sample. Uh, on the year he's 4 and 2 with a 365 ERA, 79 strikeouts, 38 walks in 74 innings with a 2.11 batting average against him. I really like East Carolina here. The Pirates already rack, uh, already rocked OU's ace and They have the much better starting pitcher here. Minus 145 on the money line for me is the play. Um, Also at noon, Louisiana takes on Miami. The Hurricanes are minus 185 on the money line. Louisiana plus 150. Total set at 13.5. The minus 1.5 on Miami is minus 120. The plus 1.5 on Louisiana is minus 110. Uh, I think that Alejandro Rosario could pitch for Miami here. He's 4-6 and with a 7.45 ERA, 84 strikeouts, 35 walks, 67.2 innings pitched on the season. In his last six appearances, he has a 2.80 ERA. He's done quite well as of of late. Um, And for Louisiana, this one was rough to project, but I think it could be Brendan Moody. They've kind of used a a good amount of pitchers already uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, Yesterday... They put up 17 runs, and they really didn't have to, in my opinion. Um, but Moody on the season's 0-5 five and five starts, 22 appearances on the year. He's got a 493 ERA, 38 strikeouts, 16 walks in 45.2 innings. Opponents are hitting 254 against him, and he had a 643 ERA in May. So Miami would be the pick here for me, but I'm not looking to bet minus 185 on a guy that, for the season has a 745 ERA. That's just not too enticing with me. Um, so Miami would be the pick, but I'm going to stay away from that one here. Uh, next game on the slate is Coastal Carolina against Ryder, also at noon. Uh, the Chanticleers are minus 380 on the money line. Rider is plus 290, total set at 16.5. The minus four and a half with Coastal is minus 115. Ryder plus four and a half, also minus 115 here. So the projected pitchers for me in this game for Ryder, I think it's going to be Dylan Hine. He's four and three with a 468 ERA, 46 strikeouts, 18 walks, 65.1 innings on the season. Opponents are hitting 335 against him, but he did have a 240 ERA in May. And for Coastal Carolina... He didn't pitch yesterday when I projected him to go. Riley Eickhoff actually threw a complete game, so really impressive from him. Uh, but I think Jack Billings is going to start some point this week. Why not today? I think he's their best starter left. He's 3-0 and in seven starts with 14 appearances on the year, 435 ERA, 47 strikeouts, 26 walks in 39.1 innings. Uh, he has a 211 batting average against, and he has a 293 ERA in his last three appearances. He's in pretty good form. He's good numbers on the season. Uh, this total is set quite high. Um, I know they put up a bunch of runs. They, I think they put up 21 in the first game that they played each other. Uh, Ryder already beat Coastal once here, and they have that confidence. I mean, when you've already beaten the team once, you're going to come in. Feeling a little bit better about yourselves. Um, the price on this game is jarring, like plus two ninety on a team that's already upset this team once. If you're feeling if you got the cojones, go ahead and play it again. I I just think that Coastal Carolina's just got a more consistent offense, and we've seen it throughout the year against really good competition in the Sun Belt. Uh, compared to Ryder, the plus four and a half would also be pretty viable against Coastal Carolina uh, with Ryder plus four and a half. Um, however, my play here is going to be the under 16 and a half. I think both pitchers have been in pretty good recent form and quite good throughout the entire year. So I I think that a lot of people are going to look at the first game, 21 runs scored in that game. This total set at 16 and a half. A lot of people I think will gravitate towards the over. I like the under 16 and a half here. So that's where I'll go with this game. We'll talk about my locks at the end of the show. And yeah, is my connection. Am I lagging a little bit? I don't know. Um, Let me tell you about the SGPN app, because we are hosting NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Final contests. Uh, We've got two more free contests on the SGPN app. It's exclusively on the app, so you can enter for free. All you have to do is just download the app, uh, and you can view series props and game props on there as well. Uh, The winner gets a $100 SGPN gift card for grabs for both contests. Download the SGPN app today and enter the contest. You can also view the College Baseball Picks page for free with that SGPN app. Uh, the next game on the slate is Campbell against NC State at noon. Campbell, minus 135. NC State, plus 105. Total set at 15. The Camels, minus 1.5, minus 105. The Wolfpack, plus one and a half, minus 125. This is, again, another game where the books didn't adjust it to the team that beat the other team the first time. Campbell, again, the favorites, and uh, minus money on the minus one and a half run line here. For the Camels, I think that Chance Tequila could start. He's 8-1 with a 525 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 18 walks in 61.2 innings, a 249 batting average against him. In his last two appearances, he does have a 12 ERA. For NC State, Dom Fritton, I think, could get the ball. He's 3-4 on the season with a 359 ERA, 75 strikeouts, 24 walks in 62.2 innings, a 211 batting average against him. But I couldn't. I couldn't get a recent performance from him because his player page is just messed up. So I wasn't able to pull his recent games and, uh, get a recent ERA from him. So just have to go on the season stats for Fritton here. Uh, Campbell's offense has not looked like the number one scoring offense this year so far this weekend. And Fritton's pretty damn nasty. If you haven't seen him before, he's a wicked lefty with a weird arm slot. Uh, NC State plus 105 is very valid here, Um, and they could end up using Heifel and Sam Heifel in relief if they have to. Uh, And also NC State plus 1.5 minus 125, not a bad play there either. I hope I'm not lagging. This screen says I have one bar, which would be very, very frustrating because I have Ethernet plugged in, Um, and I don't have another person like on the show with me to tell me if I'm lagging. So I I extremely, I really do apologize if I am. Um, At 12 o'clock, this game is our only game of the day with confirmed listed pitchers, Iowa and North Carolina. The Hawkeyes are minus 140. The Tar Heels are plus 110. Total set at 12 and a half. Iowa minus one and a half is plus 100. North Carolina plus one and a half is minus 130. Like I said, the only game with listed pitchers that we can feel comfortable about playing prior to announcements. Uh, However, I'm going to be playing a ton of games today. I really like the board. Uh, I'll go over all of my locks at the end of the show, or not even locks, just games that I'm betting. Uh, For North Carolina, Cam Padgett will get the ball. He's 2-1 and one with a 567 ERA. He's only made three starts this season, 19 appearances. He's got 25 strikeouts, uh, 15 walks in 33.1 innings, and opponents are hitting 278 against him. And he has a 750 ERA in May. For Iowa, Ty Langenberg is going to get the ball. He's 6-3 and three with a 406 ERA, 80 strikeouts, 30 walks in 71 innings pitched. He's got a 450 ERA in his last three appearances. For me, this is an easy pick. We have to bet the game with. We have to bet the only game with listed pitchers, and give me the guy with more experience and who's had the better year so far. Langenberg is one of the best pitchers in the country. Iowa's starting rotation so deep that he's their third best starter. Um, so, Iowa at minus one forty is one of my favorite plays of the day here again against North Carolina. We backed them on Friday against North Carolina. They got the win. The bullpen was a little bit shaky at the end of the day, but uh, Marcus Morgan was able to keep them down for long enough to give the Hawkeyes the win. I think Langenberg is going to be able to do the exact same thing here. So give me uh, them. Uh, it's Shefsky. Yes, sir, means that I am not lagging, hopefully. Uh, Let me know. He's in the Twitch chat. So shout-out to Twitch, too. We're live on Twitch as well. Um, Also at noon, West Virginia against Kentucky. The Wildcats are minus 190. The Mountaineers are plus 155. The total set at 13.5. Minus 1.5 on Kentucky is minus 125. West Virginia plus 1.5 is minus 105. Both... Uh, projected pitchers for this game. I think that Grant Siegel could throw for West Virginia. He's 4-2 with a 518 ERA, 30 strikeouts, 17 walks in 41.2 innings, a 266 batting average against him. In his last eight appearances, he has a 180 ERA. And then for Kentucky, I think that Tyler Bosma would be in order to start here for their rotation. He's 4-4 four and four with a 561 ERA. 35 strikeouts, 22 walks in 51.1 innings. In his last six appearances, he has an 853 ERA. So I'm fading Bosma, and I'm backing Siegel. Wait for the confirmed pitchers on this game to play it, or else Like if you trust me, because I trust where I've pulled the stats, and I, I I really do think that these guys are going to end up pitching. And I've had somewhat of a good... Track record of being able to project these starting matchups right. I am going to bet it because I think I don't. I don't even know. Like Grant Siegel is not a big enough name to really move the line and impress people, especially with his line. You have to dig deep. His last eight appearances, he has a 180 array, and in Bosma's last six, he has an 853. I I absolutely love that handicap here. Plus 155 I think is totally worth it on West Virginia if both of these guys start. I'm going to end up betting it either way. But for you, I would advise to wait on the announcement of the starting pitchers. Uh, My best advice is to just follow them on social media and wait for them to tweet out their graphics. When I'm awake, I will be doing that. I do it all the time uh, during these tournament settings where we have no idea who's going to be pitching um but it's six o'clock i haven't gone to bed yet i will be sleeping for the first part of the games on sunday morning so just letting you know so i like west virginia at plus 155 that's all you really need to know play it if you want to or if you want to wait for the starting pitchers and then play it go ahead uh the next game here also at noon george mason against maryland Maryland played till 2 in the morning on the East Coast, and they were playing in the East Coast in Winston-Salem. They got their asses kicked by Wake Forest, but they're minus 400 on the money line here against Georgia Mason, who's plus 300, total set at 15. The Terps are minus 4.5 at minus 105. The Patriots minus 125 uh, on the plus 4.5. For this game... Maryland, I think I project Ryan Van Buren to start. Now, I'm not totally confident in this one. They have another guy in Kyle McCoy who could get the start, but he has not been good as of late. So I think they would feel better about starting Van Buren. However, do they want to start him against George Mason, where they think they might be able to get a bye GMU with a lesser pitcher? Sure. However, I project it to what who is their best available pitcher, and I really think that it's RVB here. Um, but he is one in three with a 617 ERA on the year, seven starts, 20 appearances. He's got 22 strikeouts, 15 walks in 35 innings, and opponents are hitting 327 against him, and he has a 441 ERA in the month of May for George Mason. I project that Connor Eaton will get the ball. He's one in three with a 567 ERA, 13 starts, 46 strikeouts, 21 walks in 39.2 innings. He's allowing opponents to hit 273 against him, and he has a 630 ERA in his last three appearances, which is just not good form in the Atlantic 10. Um, for this game, I also wrote down here that the over 15 would be my pick because the Terps are out of pitching um, and GMU put up double digits yesterday on Northeastern, which was something that I didn't expect, but I respect it. Uh, and they showed fight. So the over 15 is high. However, I think it's live. <laughs> um, next game on our slate, we moved to the three o'clock window. Um, and all of these are on the early slate. Uh, the winners of this game – we'll end up facing these 16 teams that are sitting in the winner's bracket. Um, TCU against Arkansas and Fayetteville. This one got rained out from yesterday, along with that LSU-Oregon State game, which was listed at the top of the page for some reason on DraftKings. However, the Hogs are minus 240 against the Frogs, who are plus 195. Total set at 12 and a half. Minus two and a half on Arkansas's plus 105 TCU plus two and a half is minus 135 the frogs already mercied Arkansas earlier th- earlier this year they beat them by 10 plus and I think that they at this price at plus 195 why wouldn't you sprinkle it um, for the frogs I think that cam Brown could start this game. He's 3-2 with a 525 ERA, 55 strikeouts, 35 walks, 48 innings pitched, 208 batting average against him. He's got a th- 281 ERA in his last three appearances. For Arkansas, they have announced that Hagan Smith will start. He's 8-1 with a 269 ERA, 102 strikeouts, 38 walks, and 67 innings. He's only allowing bat- uh, hitters to hit 198 against him with a 280 ERA in his last four appearances. Value is on TCU. I admit that Hagen Smith is going to be he's a hell of a pitcher and he'll probably shove. Um, but will TCU win? Probably not. That's where like it comes down to. I can establish and acknowledge that there is value on TCU, but do I want to play it? Put money on it? No, I don't I don't think I will. Uh, Because DVH's bullpen, there's just tremendous depth there. Uh, They can turn to anybody in the back end and be able to get through a game. And their offense is good enough to maintain a lead throughout. However, I do think the over 12.5 wouldn't be a bad look because both offenses have been rolling lately. We move on to another 3 o'clock game between Southern Miss and Samford. The Golden Eagles are minus 210 against the team that they lost to in the first round on Friday, or first game on Friday. I mean, Sanford is plus 170. The total is set at 12. Southern Miss is minus 1.5, minus 135. Sanford is plus 1.5, plus 105. For Sanford, I think Will Lynch will start the game. He's five and four with a six fourteen ERA, sixty four strikeouts, thirty seven walks in seventy three point one innings. Opponents are hitting two seventy four against him, and he has an eight seventy nine ERA in his last five appearances in four Southern Miss. I project that Matt Adams will start. He's three and two with a four seventy four ERA, sixty six strikeouts, twenty one walks in fifty seven innings pitched with a 271 batting average against him. And in his last four appearances, he's a .609 ERA. So neither of these two starting pitchers are in good form. They've actually just sucked lately. There's crazy value on Sanford's money line in what's going to be a high-scoring game. I like the over, and I like a sprinkle on Sanford here. That's what I'll be doing in this game. Uh, next up is uh boston college against troy i was actively rooting for uh troy to give up the game against alabama that way we would have another game to bet on here today on sunday so i got my wish and bc is minus 145 on the money line troy is plus 115 total set at 13 uh the eagles are minus minus one and a half. The Trojans. Plus one and a half, minus one twenty-five. The Eagles minus one and a half, minus one hundred five. Uh, for both of these teams, they've kind of ran out of pitching in different ways. Troy, they've thrown everybody but the kitchen sink so far in their two games this weekend. Uh, just trying to push to go two and zero, and then get themselves two bullets on a on a Sunday Monday turn uh, to try to get to the super regional. It didn't quite work. They choked it in the ninth inning against Alabama. And then Boston College, uh, Chris Flynn got hurt in the game, I think, two in two innings in. So then they had to bring in Henry Leak, who's been uh, one of their top three starters all season long. So they're now out of starters. And on this uh, Google Doc that I've created, um, all of these listed pitchers will be in the podcast description on our website. Um, and also in the comments section on YouTube. So if you're looking to view all of these on your own, you can do that. Um, these two, however, on my Google Doc, that will also be linked inside the picture list. Um, there's a new color for people that will be throwing on short rest. Both of these guys will be on short rest. Ian Murphy, a little bit more rest than Zach Fruit. Um, so Boston College, I think that they'll throw Ian Murphy here. He threw to one batter on Friday. He did strike out that batter against Troy. Uh, he only threw, I think it was seven pitches, so it's not really going to be too bad. It's like a bullpen for him. Um, he's 0-1 on the season with a 433 ERA. He's only started one game, but he's appeared in 18. He has 26 strikeouts, 14 walks in 27 innings with a 235 batting average against him and a 750 ERA in his last five appearances. However, I didn't think it was too strong of a trend. There just weren't that many innings in there and he pitched against good teams. I think he had given up two runs against Wake Forest and two outs, um, which in general, it's hard to be flawless against Wake Forest. And those two runs in his last five appearances are going to have a heavy weight. If he only threw four innings in those five appearances So that's why I didn't take that too much into account. And for Troy, I project that Zach Fruit will start. He threw 54 pitches on Friday against Boston College. He's 6-1 and on the year with a 675 ERA, 87 strikeouts, 42 walks in 66.2 innings, 261 batting average against him, and he had an 807 ERA in the month of May. For this game here, the Trojans have just run out of pitching and they can't play defense. Yesterday, their shortstop made four errors. Their right fielder dropped the ball in the ninth inning. It's just really hard to trust the Trojans right now with the way that they're playing defense and the fact that they have no pitching left. And especially since Fruit already uh, faced Boston College once uh, this weekend, usually how it goes in baseball is one of the two have success, especially if it's this way. If the pitcher has success against the offense the first go around, the offense almost always adjusts, and they're able to take advantage the next time that they see him. And then the third time, it's usually the pitcher makes another adjustment. But in college baseball, you really don't get three chances against the same team. That's more of MLB analysis here. Um, So I, I think this is Boston College's turn to get back at Zach Fruit. They'll make adjustments, whereas Fruit like the psychology there is, hey, it worked for me the first time that I pitched against Boston College. I'm not going to change a thing. I'll just keep attacking the hitters the same way I did. I just I don't trust that that's going to be able to work two times in one weekend against the same team. So uh, Boston College is a good money line play here, and I like the over 13 as well against both of these pitchers on short rest. Uh, in Tuscaloosa where the ball seems to be it, it, the ball seems to be flying everywhere during the day, during the night, it's been a little bit of a different story. Um, but during the hot, uh, maybe in some places humid air, uh, it seems to be just flying perfectly fine um, and out of the ballpark in uh, massive high rates. So I like the over 13 here in Boston College on the money line. Um, three more games on the slate. We have Xavier and Vanderbilt. Uh, the Oregon Ducks beat Vandy last night, eight to seven. So this is an elimination game for the Vandy boys. They're playing Xavier, who's plus two ten on the money line. Vanderbilt minus two sixty five. Total set at eleven and a half. Vandy is minus two and a half, minus one fifteen. Xavier plus two and a half, minus one fifteen. The pitchers that I've projected for this matchup for Xavier, I have Luke Hoskins. He's six and two with a four seventy nine ERA, forty nine strikeouts, sixteen walks in seventy one point one innings. A two seventy eight batting average against him. He has a seven ERA in his last two appearances. Um, and for Vanderbilt, I think that Patrick Riley will start. He's five and three with a six eleven ERA, sixty two strikeouts, twenty nine walks in forty five point two innings. He has a five oh nine ERA array in his last three appearances. I haven't had a good read on this Nashville regional. I'll be completely honest. Um, I played an over yesterday. Then I played, uh, what was it? I think I did Eastern Illinois spread or something yesterday. And then I liked Xavier against Oregon. I, I think I'm Owen three in picks that I felt pretty good about in this regional. Um, so I like the over eleven quite a bit here, but I'm not gonna play it just because I haven't had a good read on this regional. Uh, so I'll pass ultimately there. Two more games, three o'clock as well in the on the West Coast. It's Cal State Fullerton against Stanford, a rematch of the Wild Series from the beginning of the year. Uh, Stanford is minus two thirty on the money line. Fullerton plus one eighty five total set at. 14, Stanford minus 2.5, minus 105, Fullerton plus 2.5, minus 125. My projected my projected pitchers for this matchup, I'm not confident in this Fullerton projection. I have Finn Chester. Uh, he hasn't thrown in two weeks, and he has not been in good form lately, so that could have been a uh, a reason why Fullerton did not throw him last weekend, just to give him a break. But is he really their third best option in their coach's eyes right now? I don't know. Uh Finchester on the year is 7-3 and three with a 421 ERA, 42 strikeouts, only six walks and 57.2 innings. But he has a 1452 ERA in the month of May. For Stanford, he didn't pitch yesterday. I think this was like one of two pitchers that I missed. One of three, I think, that I missed. Matt Scott. I think he's going to throw. <clears throat> if I thought he was going to throw yesterday, I think he's going to throw today. Uh, I haven't heard of any injury. It's very hard to search up Matt Scott and try to find something on the baseball player when that's a really common name. <clears throat> but he's 5-3 and three on the year with a 468 ERA, 57 strikeouts, 30 walks in 59.2 innings. Opponents are hitting 218 against him, and he has a 524 ERA in his last three appearances. The first weekend of the year scares me a bit here, but I have to pick Stanford. I just I haven't been a huge fan of the way that Fullerton's played down the stretch here. They beat San Jose State. Big whoop. San Jose State really hasn't been that impressive either to me. Uh, and the Mountain West was just kind of down all year. Last game on the slate is Dallas Baptist against Washington the Pats are minus 150 huskies plus 120 total set at 14 and a half minus one and a half uh, minus one and a half for DBU is one uh, minus 110 Washington plus one and a half is minus 120. <coughs> for Dallas Baptist I think that Braxton Bragg could get the start here he's eight and two with a 448 era 82 strikeouts, 17 walks in 78.1 innings, a 280 batting average against him. In his last five appearances, he has a 711 ERA, which is not good. <laughs> and then for Washington, I think that Jared Engman will start here. He's 3 and 4 with a 566 ERA, 29 strikeouts, 35 walks in 62 innings, with a 271 batting average against him. He has an 8. 63 ERA in his last four appearances. Neither pitcher can miss bats too well, especially Engman. And I think that a lot of runs are going to be scored on these two pitchers. I also hope that Dallas Baptist wins this game for my sake, for my future's sake, for my bracket's sake. I have them in Omaha. Uh, I really think that their pitching depth is really, really good. Uh, Bragg hasn't been good as of late, but on the season, has, he's been more than fine. Um, so I hope that Bragg is able to just limit offense. It's hard to not get shelled in Stillwater. I mentioned that earlier on the pod, but I'm hoping that he just has a better outing than Engman. I think Dallas Baptist wins and the over 14 and a half is a really, really good play. So that does it. That's every game we just touched on them all here. And now I'm going to run through my favorites, AKA the locks that will be on our website for free. You can view them at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash college baseball picks. Uh, and if you go onto the website um, the natural way, it is under MLB tab, the drop down, it's college baseball picks, or you can look it up on Google college baseball picks and we're like the third link that pops up but anyways here are my favorite plays of the day i have 10 i loved the board today 10 plays over eight games on a 16 game slate first one clemson and charlotte over 13 and a half neither pitcher here that i've projected has been in good form as of late uh so i I like the over 13 and a half there. East Carolina, minus 145 on the money line. The Pirates already uh, rocked OU's ace and Braden Carmichael. Now they have the much better starting pitcher here in game two. Give me them on the money line. Uh, I also like Ryder and Coastal Carolina's under 16 and a half. Um, For this one, I think that Ryder's going to compete. Both pitchers are in good form as of late. Uh, So I like the under 16 and a half. I mean, yesterday, uh, Ryder only put up one run and Coastal Carolina's pitcher threw a complete game. Do I think that's going to happen again? No. However, I think 16 and a half is a little bit of an overreaction after 21 runs in the first time that these two teams played against each other. Then my rule is this game was the only game with listed pitchers. I have to bet it. Uh, Give me Iowa at minus 140. Um, I like the starting pitcher matchup here, too. Ty Langenberg against a guy that's only made three starts all year. Give me that every day of the week at minus 140 on the money line. Uh, the next one I like is West Virginia at plus 155. I'm fading Bosma, backing Siegel. Um, if you want to wait for the starting pitchers here, go ahead. However, these two pitchers are in com- going in complete different directions right now, and I think that plus 155 on a team that was considered to be a top eight seed just two weeks ago, and they had lost six games in a row lately, but they got over the hump beating Ball State. I think that's what this team needs. I think they might be able to get back on a roll here. Uh, So give me West Virginia at plus 155. The game that I have two picks from is Southern Miss and Samford. I like Samford on the money line at plus 170. They already beat Southern Miss once. This weekend, plus 170 is just way, way too valuable on a team that is going to come in with quite a bit of confidence after already beating Southern Miss once. And I like the total of over 12. Both starting pitchers have just quite honestly sucked lately. Uh, so that's what I'll be on for that game. <laughs> then Boston College and Troy, I like the over 13 Um for this one, the Trojans, they've just kind of run out of pitching. And I mentioned it, they can't play defense. Their shortstop yesterday made four errors, which is kind of embarrassing. Their right fielder also dropped the fly ball. And that happened in the ninth inning when they had to the lead. You just can't trust that. I like the over 13. BC hit the ball really well yesterday. If Troy's put up plenty of runs in their first two games. This game's going to be in the uh, during the day, the ball's going to fly. Um And in my last bet of the day, speaking of flying balls, Stillwater Regional, baby. Dallas Baptist and Washington over 14 and a half. Uh, neither pitcher that I have projected here can miss bats very well. Um, and Angman's only got 29 strikeouts in 61 innings. So he's going to be pitching to contact. And when you're pitching to contact in Stillwater, I think that it's going a long way. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of runs will be scored in this game. Give me the over 14 and 14.5. For that, we'll do it for the pod. I hope you all enjoyed uh, the format that I've been deploying here. Like I mentioned, I'll tweet out uh, when I've uploaded my projected pictures. I'll have it in the comments section on YouTube and in the podcast description on our website. Spotify doesn't allow me to put it on there. Uh, and Spotify, what I mean is just podcast platforms. It's just too many words, uh, or at least that's what it was for yesterday. So um, I'll try it again. If it fits, it'll be there. If not, it's on our website uh, for the podcast uh, web, web page. So yeah, that's it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at 77nb. when I when I'm up, I will be live tweeting. The games, first off, all the highlights, but uh, I think that the most useful thing that I do is I I tweet out when one of the teams announces their starting pitcher uh, because I think that's the most useful information when betting on baseball. Uh, So uh, follow me on Twitter at 77NB. Follow our show on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network they've got a ton of podcasts here. A lot of people are doing what I'm doing for other niche sports. Uh, it's a crazy good community. Our discord is really nice as well, uh, with a ton of degenerates for everything, uh, that you can get along with. So yeah, that's going to do it for today. Hit me up, uh, or tweet at me. If you want to see a live show, if we get odds for the second half of the day, there's going to be another, uh, hopefully 16 games for the uh, regional finals um, where we could get some teams clinching spots in super regionals, or uh, if the losers bracket team wins, then they'll force a game seven on Monday. Uh, So let me know if you want a live show where I'm actually handicapping the games all in front of you guys on stream. Uh, We could do that around five if new odds open up before the 6 o'clock games. So I'll be live for like a half hour, 45 minutes prior to those games, and we can bet on them together. Uh, Let me know if that's a good idea. Tweet at me on Twitter at 77MB. With that, I bid you adieu. You've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos.